We want to welcome our online guests this morning. You're watching us. We're so glad you've joined us. We just pray that you're blessed, amen, by coming to the service. And we're so glad that you have come, amen. My pleasure this morning to introduce uh, Pastor Jack C., our son. He's going to come. Let's welcome him in the name of the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How's everybody doing? Praise the Lord. How many of you came to the Helps Breakfast yesterday? Okay, so you're okay. I got home and I was missing one ring, so I just wanted to make sure everybody was all right after I cooked for you yesterday. It'll show up sooner or later. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's, you, on the way home, that's going to hit you, what I just said. You're going to do the math and you're going to go, oh, I know what he's talking about. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for your word, for your time. Uh, Lord, we don't consider this uh, an irrelevant thing. This is important, what we're doing this morning. This is important why we came to church today. Lord, we're not playing games. We're serious. We're serious about the things of God. Lord, your word said, as blessed is he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So, Father, I just pray right now that each person in the sound of my voice is filled today, Father, with whatever they need. If you need a fresh and filling of the Holy Spirit, it's here right now. Just receive it. If you need your, your tank topped off, it's here right now in the name of Jesus. See, you were not made to do this alone. You were not created to live a life out of your own means. You were created to live from above yourself. God did not put you in this place to struggle and to strive. God is not the author of living from paycheck to paycheck. God created you to be sustained off of His Word and out of His Spirit on not just a monthly basis or on a yearly basis, but on a daily basis. Give us this day our daily bread. You were created for far more than you could ever comprehend. But if you'll find yourself in the book, if you'll spend time with me, learning from me as the author of the book, then when I show you something, it'll be revelation to you. And you'll read it, and it'll go down inside of you, and it will prosper you, and it'll set you free. You were created for far more than this. You are not an accident. You're not a second thought. You're not a byproduct. You are from the royal lineage of Jesus Christ Himself. You are His blood brother. Seated not below Him, Seated not above him, but seated right next to him in the heavenly places. And I bestowed every spiritual gift to you. I have not held back one thing. And I paid for it all through my blood. You are not alone. You are not left out. You're not a second thought, for you are always on my mind 
For I cannot wait for you to wake up each morning. For I have prepared things for you that eye hasn't seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man those things that I have created for those that love me. But you're only going to know them by the Spirit. You're going to have to take time. You're going to have to grow up. The days of just coming to church are not enough. Not to get where you want to go. It's wonderful that you're here. Thank you that you're here. But there's a depth of character, a depth of spirit. There's a depth of a walk that I long for you so that you can truly know me how I know you in Jesus' name. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, I get the honor, and I just honor my parents, Pastors Jack and Mary Jean, for the honor of they give up their pulpit for me, and I, I don't take that lightly. I thank you for that very, very much. Thank you for honoring me and letting me share what I believe God's put in my heart. I get to talk about one of my favorite things this morning, the church. Amen? I get to talk about the church. What it is, what it isn't. A lot of times people come to church and they leave a church because they had a misconception about what church was supposed to be. Amen? People leave churches for a number of reasons. I don't feel the love. I just don't feel the love in that place. And that's very valid and real. Uh, I, I don't feel like I'm growing. Amen? That's a good one, isn't it? I don't feel like I'm growing. Pastor, I just feel led that I need to go somewhere else. Man, totally understand that. Absolutely. But you know, if we really boil it down and we find out the church, this is what Jesus died for. This right here. Jesus did not die for an individual. He died for a body. He didn't save you and then just flip you back into the world for you to try and figure out how all this is supposed to work. He pulled you out of darkness into his kingdom. So he didn't just pull you out and let us just run around and go do whatever we want to do. He pulled us out of something and into something else. And that thing that he pulled us into was his body. We are all members of his body, the church. Amen? And I hope in the few minutes that we have this morning, I can show you why it is so vital and so important for us to be in church. Now, I'm just going to be very transparent and open with you right here and right now. Is that okay? I think this is the greatest church in the world. I think West Houston Christian Center is the greatest church on the face of the earth today. And you know what? That's okay for me to think that. Everybody ought to think that about their church. Men, don't we think we have the greatest wife in the whole world? Amen, don't we? Ladies, don't about half of you think you have the greatest husband? 
<laughs> Don't look around. There's some really, I've, I've given you some lunchtime conversation when you get home. Why didn't you raise your hand? But I am just honored. I love the church. And I don't love the church because this is where I work. I love the church because this is the body of Christ. I love the church because within this body is everything that we need for success. The body of Christ is perfect. Well, pastor, how can that be? Because it's filled with all imperfect people. Do you know why the church, why he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle? Because we are undefeated. We are perfect. If I have a football team, it's made up of individuals. Each individual is not perfect, but when they play together and they win the game and they run the whole table and win every game for that season, they are called perfect. That's how the body of Christ is perfect. We are not perfect because of who we are or what we do. We are perfect in that collectively together, we have never been beat. We are undefeated together. Amen? Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. This is some of the most famous, one of the single most famous conversations in the Bible. Matthew 16, verse 16. Jesus is talking with his disciples. And the conversation kind of goes something like this. Back up to verse 13. Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that were John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That revelation knowledge of who Jesus really was. Did you ever notice that all the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the writers of the Gospels, they only gave kind of like a, a history of what Jesus did in the earth? Do you not recognize that they didn't even really know who he was? It took Paul to find out what was the purpose of why Jesus came. See, all the disciples thought that Jesus was going to be this historical figure, this Messiah who was going to ride back into Israel and free them from Rome and let them all be free. And there's a, a level of truth to that. But what he really was is what he was doing was by the Spirit, and they didn't even see it. So when Peter says, you are the Christ, it's like all of a sudden a little bit of light shined into Peter's dense little head. <laughs> Amen? And he said, you are the Christ. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. It was revelation knowledge. The church is built, built and based on revelation knowledge. 
of who Jesus Christ is. Now, I think one of the coolest things of this whole conversation is, is that Jesus is the first person to ever use the word church. In the New Testament, Jesus is the first person to ever use that word. It was not a man-made entity. He was telling them what was coming. He's trying to set them up so that when he goes, understand, this is why I did it. I did it for my church, my bride, my body. This is why I laid down my life. I set you a place where even though I'm not here, you can still experience me on the same level. I am the head, you are the body. Together we cannot live independently of each other. We have to be joined. Amen? So he set up this wonderful thing called the church. A couple of definitions of that word church. It is a people called out from the world and to God. The outcome being the church. The universal, total body of believers whom God calls out from the world and into his eternal kingdom. Church is a company of Christians gathering for worship, for sharing, and for teaching. Amen? 1 Corinthians 1.9. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us, when we got born again, we were called into the fellowship of Jesus Christ. Do you know what that word called means? It simply means I am invited into the blessing of God. Each and every one of us, when we got born again, we were invited into the blessing of God. Now that doesn't sound like a negative, does it? That doesn't sound like you're going to struggle and be poor and be sick and just scrape out a little bit of a, of a living, that you're going to be depressed, that you're going to be medicated, that you're going to walk in fear, that you're going to live in the backside of a hill, fearful of what's going on in our world today. No, no, no. When we were called, say, I'm called. I'm called. We were invited into his blessing. So if I invite you to come somewhere, what do you have to do? What do you got to do? If you really believe me, you're going to show up. Amen? Right now, say this. Say, I accept the calling to enter his blessing in Jesus' name. So now walk it out. Walk in that blessing. Expect that blessing. Live that blessing. Pass that blessing on to your kids. Share that blessing wherever you go in the world tomorrow. Be a blessing wherever you go. Be a blessing all dressed up looking for a place to go. I'm blessed. If you're the lady at the cleaners, when I come in there tomorrow, you're blessed. When I go get my tire fixed at Discount Tire, which where I will be tomorrow, guess what? Freddie, you're blessed. Why is that? Because I'm called. And he called me to be a blessing. Amen? And he called me into the fellowship. That word fellowship simply means a bond that keeps us together and to Jesus. Now, if we get there, we're going to talk about koinonia. And that's a word a lot of us know in the New Testament. 
There is a spiritual energy that we produce together in the church called Clonania. It is a bond. Look, 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 look around this room. Is there any other reason this group of people would ever get together? I cannot think. Will we all go to the same movie? No. Will we all go to the? We should. Will we all go to the same sporting event? Will we all go to the same school? Is there any reason, any situation where this group of people would ever get together on a regular basis? Why is it that we come? It's because of the fellowship or the koinonia of the energy that each and every one of us, we need each other. We are connected by DNA to each other and to Jesus Christ. And where that is lived out and where that is manifested is in the church. Amen? To say that I am a born-again, spirit-filled believer, but not a part of a church, I am kidding myself. I am, I am deceived. Because this is what he died for. All, where all this came from, and I shared it when we came back from vacation, I spent seven days in Galveston. Every morning, for two hours, I would sit in a room, I would look out at the ocean, I would read my Bible, I would study, I would pray. I got wonderful revelation. It was awesome. God showed up. He gave me neat things. It was wonderful. But you know, when I came back to church that next Sunday, I was so much more blessed because I was receiving of the corporate anointing of the church. Sitting at home and studying the Bible all on my own or watching it on TV, if that's all you have, then God's in that and he can bless you. But there's something about us coming together on a regular basis that produces a spiritual energy that each and every one of us needs. See, I need you and you need me. Amen? I need you, and you need me. I don't need you because of your money. I don't need you because of your service. I need you because you are truly, in biblical terms, my brothers and sisters. You truly are my family. You're more family to me than some of my family. Come on. That's why we gather together. We need each other. Amen? The first New Testament church was founded in a place called Antioch. So whenever you're driving around and you see a church named Antioch, that's why. Amen. Antioch Baptist Church. I know exactly where it is. It's the first church that was created, and you can find that in Acts chapter 11. The very first time that we are called Christians was in that church at Antioch. We identified with Jesus Christ as a body for the first time. And for the very first time, the world started calling us Christians. Christ-likeness. We are to walk and live in the likeness and in the character of Jesus Christ. That's why I am called a Christian. I am not a Christian because I am an American. That was not in my packet when I was born April 1st, 1966, in Methodist Hospital in Houston, Texas. April Fool's, I know, go ahead, say it. I was born to my parents, but I wasn't born a Christian. 
I had to ask to join the family. See, there's a huge misconception that everybody thinks that everybody is a child of God, and they're not. They're not. We're all creatures of God. We're all creations of God. But in order for me to be a part of the family, I have to ask to join. And when I become part of the body, then I become a son. Amen? Then I become a son. Can I have like four hours? Just four. If you'll give me four hours, I could get this thing out really good. But I haven't even got to point one, and it's 11.57. So look, y'all got to stay with me for a few minutes, okay? You going to stay with me? Do not look at your watch. Get this. Paul's first missionary journey was out of that church, church at Antioch. Paul didn't even start going on missionary trips until there was a church that could send him. I want to jump all over the place right now. I got so many things that I want to say this morning. The church is the place of all power for a believer. This is the power source for every believer is the body of Christ. God put everything in the body that the body would need in order not just to survive, but to excel. And it's already here. When people come, and and there are times that we counsel people, and I think counseling is a wonderful thing if it's done in the right spirit, and both people know what, what they're doing when they get into it. Amen? But a lot of times, people will skip this and want to just come straight into the office to share What's going on with their life? They want to circumvent the body and try and go straight to a pastor for help. This is where, let me be honest with you, I do my best work in here. I do my very best work in here. In that office, hey, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, you know, I'm not a counselor. I can give you biblical leading of what you should do, moral leading on what you should do. I can pray with you. I'm not a licensed psychologist or psychiatrist. I'm just not. I can pray with you, but a lot of times, if we will just come here, if we will listen here, if we will take notes here, if we will get involved here, all of the things that you need counseling about will be taken care of from here. And God knew that. He didn't say, in my church, I set up counselors. He sets up pastors, evangelists, teachers, his ministry gifts. And if we will come and we will listen to the ministry gifts that stand behind this pulpit, if we will mix our faith with what's preached, it will profit you. Amen. How many of you have ever been set free because Pastor Jack preached a sermon and it was exactly what you needed, exactly where you were at that time? How many times did my mom get up and preach? How many times did somebody give up and give a word? How many times did Robin pick out a song? How many times did your children go back to Pastor Michelle and they got exactly what they needed? Ministered under an anointing to also break the chains and the bondages that they're also dealing with. You don't want counseling, you want discipleship. Amen? I don't want counseling, I want discipleship. Amen? 
Thank you, Lord. The purpose of the church. Matthew 28. Matthew 28. Thank you, Lord. Matthew 28. That is the end of Matthew, verses 19 and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. In Matthew, it reads, and lo, I am with you till the ends of the earth. When I read that, it sounds like, okay, Jesus, I'm, Jesus is going to leave, and now you're going to start doing all the work of the ministry, and hey, I'm going to be with you all those days. Amen? You'll be in my spirit. You'll be there, and I'll be here, but you'll be in my heart. And if you just read it like that, that's what you'd think, unless you go to Mark, and you get a little bit of a different taste of what Jesus was saying. Mark 16, 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believes and is baptized shall be saved. And he who doesn't will not be. And in my name, you'll what? Cast out devils. In my name, you'll what? Speak in new tongues. In my name, you will what? In my name, you will what? In my name, if you drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt you. When Jesus says, I am low with you under the ends of the ages, he means he leaves his power here, and we act in the same thing that he acted in when he was here. It doesn't mean I'm just here with you holding your hand. It means I'm giving you my character. I'm giving you my power. I'm giving you my anointing. I'm not just going to hold your hand as you endure this horrible, terrible life. He's saying, I am empowering you. I am empowering you. You're going to speak with a new tongue. You're going to cast out devils. When's the last time you cast out a devil? Don't look next to you. Listen to me, guys. A lot of times when we read this, we're like, okay, casting out devils, speaking with tongues. There's something that I've got to go do to put myself in a position to be able to do that. And Jesus is saying, I already did it all. Just do it. Just step out in faith and do it. You want to have some, you want to practice casting out demons? Watch the news. It's a great starting place. When they start prophesying to you, you start prophesying back. You bind that devil in the name of Jesus. You bind that devil that says we'll have more hurricanes than we've ever had. You bind that devil when it says the flu is going to be the worst that it's ever been. You bind that when they say there's going to be more shootings and more deaths and mass killings and things. You bind that thing right there and right now. That is just as much casting a demon out of somebody as if you laying hands on a crazy person. Amen? But you have already been empowered. He's already left his power source here for us. I don't have to go fast for it. I don't have to go pray for it. I just have to live according to this book. And I'll get the same results that the book has. Amen? If you want Bible results, you've got to do the Bible. That's deep. 
That might be as deep as we go today. But I want you to notice in Matthew both 16, I'm sorry, Mark 16 and Matthew 28, that the words were, go ye. The single number one purpose for the church is missions and evangelism. The single number one reason for the church is missions and evangelism. A church that does not practice, promote, or, or support missions and evangelism is not a church. It's a teaching center. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. It's in our DNA. When you got saved, when you became a new creature in Christ, you got a new DNA. And in that DNA is the same love for the lost that Jesus had. It is normal, it is healthy, and it is needed for each and every one of us to practice personal evangelism wherever we go. There's no other way to get around it. All right, so if I go into the army, there are multiple jobs that we all do differently in the army, right? You got engineers, you got drivers, you got pilots, you got soldiers. They're all different. They're all part of the same army though, right? But guess what? They can all march. I don't care what job you do in the army. I don't care what job you do in the armed forces. The first thing that they taught you when you got there was what? How to march. So even though we all have different jobs and different functions and different ranks, they blow that whistle. We can all march. That is soul winning for a believer. You might have a different job and a different function and maybe you're not as good. My wife is an amazing soul winner. She used to freak me out on the streets of Fort Worth, Texas on Friday nights. Would do stuff to people that I'm like, dear God. She would just get on fire for God, which she is now. She'd run up to a group of teenagers coming out of a Walmart, out of a Whataburger. Come on, everybody, let's just grab hands. Let's all just get saved right now. And I'm just waiting for them to throw their shake at her or something. I'm like, oh, and they just put their stuff down and they all just grab hands. Jesus, come into my life, be my Lord. We're like, what? Some of us have a little bit more of a gifting in that area. Amen? That's why I'm so glad Vincent and Jessica are on staff with us now. Amen? They bring a passion for God and a passion for souls. And the reason we brought them on staff was not just to do soul winning. It was to change the culture of our church when it comes to missions and evangelism. Amen? Each and every one of us, we are charged. We all have the ministry of reconciliation. We are all reconciling people from God to, back to God. Amen? So it is our job. Say, it's my job, my job. to be a soul winner. There is not a person in this room, if you're born again, that's like, well, no, no, that's not part of my packet. No, no, it is. It really, really is. That is what he came back for. That is the church. It is the church. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I want you to notice that Paul started his missions after the church began. Amen. The church is the place to be sent from. Amen. It's the church that sends out missionaries. It's the church. See what I'm saying? It's all supposed to come out of here. It's one of the byproducts of the body is that we're the ones sending them out. You know, at one time England was the single major source of all missionaries in all the world. Remember when they used to say the sun never sat on the, on the kingdom in, uh, of, of England? 
There was a saying back in the day, the sun never said it was so big, it was so vast. And the reason it was is because they were at that time, before America, sending out all the missionaries into all the world. They were the ones going into Africa. They would send you with a coffin. How would you like to start your first day at work and what you're taking with you is a coffin? Because there's a strong possibility that's how you're coming home. But when missions stopped in that nation, that nation shrank to what it is today. Now America is the number one source of all, over 90% of all missions in the world is done out of the United States of America. Amen? It is our job. It is our, it is, it is what God has entrusted with us. The honor of going out and finding the lost and bringing them into the body. Amen? So I just encourage you, I empower you. Look for the lost. Pray for the lost. We pray for the lost every day here at church. We're believing God for a minimum of 25 new souls a month, one through the body or through evangelism, actual events with Vincent and Jessica. Amen? Add your agreement with that. Amen? Add your agreement. We want to see the lost brought into this church. We're not a teaching center. We're a church. Amen? You catch them, we'll clean them. Amen? You catch them, we'll clean them. Now, Matthew 24, 14. And I'm going to have to stop here. Hallelujah. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. I want to say this as kindly and as as respectfully as I can, okay? Jesus is not coming back until we do our job. If you are sitting around waiting for, for a rapture to happen, and it's okay to believe God and to thank Him and to have faith for a rapture, but He's not coming back until we do our job. So if you really want to get out of here, go ye. If you really want to get out of here, if you're really ready, oh, Lord. And just remember, folks, the rapture is not the great escape. It's the great reward. God's not going to pull us out. Oh, Lord, it's just so hot. It is Houston. Oh, Lord, I can't handle it. Oh, just pull me out of here. That's not how this is going to happen. He is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. He's going to come back to find a church that's acting and walking in the function in which it was created. That's the church he's coming back for, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. He's coming back from a church that's not sitting on its blessed assurance, but is acting and moving in the things of God. Amen. I got a feeling this is going to be a series. I feel like it's going to be a series. Amen. So, hallelujah. What I want you to remember and uh, is that we have to recognize that right here, look, the church is a family, right? It's up to you to make relationships, though. That's one of the biggest misconceptions about church, is that I came to church, and I joined the body, but nobody talks to me, and nobody's my friend. Amen? You have to get up out of your chair. I know it's scary. There's lions and tigers and bears, oh my. And you have to get up from over here 
And you have to walk all the way over there. And you got to get brave. You know, you sounded just like Lauren Daigle this morning. Or Lauren Daigle sounds like you. Y'all did such a good job this morning. Amen. But you know what? We have to be brave. Listen to me. There are people in this room and you are desperate for, for fellowship. But you don't know how to do it. Okay? I encourage you. You're not going to make friends on a Sunday morning service, hour and a half, hour and 45 service. There's just no way to do it. Amen? So that's why we do the extra stuff. Ladies, how many ladies needs a friend? All right. How many ladies need a friend? Raise your hand. Thank you very much. Then you need to be here Saturday morning for Billy Hunt because you're going to have an opportunity around a table to fellowship and meet. Listen to me. Go big. Go meet somebody you've never met before. Be brave. Introduce yourself. Get up out of your chair. Move around. Don't just sit there and wait for people to come to you. That is not koinonia. That is not fellowship. Amen? And don't do this. i got to end on a positive, though. <laughs> don't stay home from church and see how long it takes for someone to call and see where you are. Thank you. I've been in this long enough. Michelle and I are 20 years on staff, and we served four years for Dr. Jerry Savelle. We've been in full-time ministry for 24 years. Have we seen it all? No. But have we heard a lot? Yes. Amen? We have to remember that church is not about the individual. It's about the body. This is not about me coming and getting my individual needs met. I need, I want. When I come and I give of myself and I serve and in my giving, do I receive what I need? That's how the body was created to make. If you need something, give something. Amen? If you need a friend, go be a friend to somebody. Amen? If you need fellowship, invite somebody over. Amen? What's the worst thing that can happen? I can tell you the worst thing that, no. But amen? Will you be brave? All right, let's stand up. Hallelujah. Come tonight, 6 o'clock. Great opportunity for fellowship. And pulled pork. And pulled pork. Thank you, Lord. Well, we've, had a, we've had church. Amen. We've had church. Thank you, Lord. I encourage you, bring your friends that are lost. Yes, that's the day that all the crazy Holy Spirit stuff's going to happen. I can almost guarantee it that'll be the day. But you know what? We're here. It got us. Didn't it? Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, we're just excited. Lord, I'm excited about your church. I'm excited about the kingdom of God. I'm excited, Lord. Lord, I found out I got power. I found out today, Lord, that I got a plan, that I got a mission. I found out today, Lord, that I am living something bigger than myself and that I'm not alone in it. So, Father, we just release this congregation in the glory and the power and the might of Jesus Christ. 
If you're visiting, if you're one of our guests this morning, then I encourage you to step out and go back. Uh, we have a room right outside that door to the left where a couple of our ministers are. We'd just like to shake your hand and thank you for coming. We're not trying to get anything from you. We're just trying to get something to you. Amen. We want to be a blessing to you. So, Father, we thank you. If you're watching me online right now, God has a plan for you. You need to be in a church. Amen. And if we're your church right now, then we welcome you and we accept you. And you are welcome to be a part. Amen. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday night at 7 o'clock.